What's up, everybody, and welcome to the first full episode of the Music Manga Podcast. I'm your host, Donnie, once again, and we're really going to jump into it today. I got a couple stories for you guys, news stories. Uh, our interview with my mentor, the first guy to give me an internship, Jason Upright, who is now the studio manager of Old Firehouse Studios in Pasadena, and a couple other things. So I guess I'll start with the news stories. Yeah, it's been a kind of slow week, you know, everyone's still wrapping up Coachella, all the blogs and stuff, and getting ready for the second week of Coachella. I saw a really interesting article today on, I guess it was uh, USA Today, about the Vine as a factor in artist success these days, and yeah, Vine is crazy for artists these days. If you think of uh, Sage of the Gemini, who had those two hits this year and the past year, uh, Red Nose and Gas Pedal, he wouldn't have been anywhere as far as he is now, if it wasn't for Vine, everyone was making dance videos to his uh, two songs. Those were huge on Vine, like so many revines, and it's crazy. Like I'd say, what MySpace was to Soldier Boy, Vine was to say to Gemini. You know, it definitely brought his music to a different audience that may not have heard his music or even cared for it if it weren't for so many parodies. And also, there was that first group uh, really getting a deal off of Vine. Um, a folk pop duo called Us, who had you know been doing music on YouTube and things like that, but covers of their songs on Vine really helped push them to the next level. And it's crazy how six seconds can really you know take you to the next level. So I think that's really great. I'll tweet out that article. Uh, let's see what else. Another interesting thing was Childish Gambino going hard on his record label Glass Note. That was kind of interesting. I guess he uh. He released a video for Sweatpants featuring Problem. And I thought it was a dope video, but apparently he was unhappy with the way it came out. I guess they promised him some things they didn't deliver on, and he's now asking to be bought out of his uh, contract. And, yeah, that's crazy. I, I thought the video was really ingenious. I don't know what was wrong with it, but I'm starting to fear Childish Gambino is going to turn into what Kanye is now, you know, like, complain about everything. I know you're an artist. I know... Your music is your craft and your life, but does everything have to be a fight? You know, like, that's one reason I put Pharrell over Kanye a little bit, because I probably enjoy Kanye's music more, but be cool, man. Like, I, I understand that, you know, you got everything in the world. I know it's your craft, but let let go a little bit. So I hope that works out for Childish Gambino. I like his music a lot. Hope that I can find a way into his show at the Shrine in L.A. on the 3rd of May coming up. Because I've never got to see him. I've been following his career since about, uh, what's that, a oh, cul-de-sac. I think that was his second mixtape. I've been following him since then. The cul-de-sac, free EP, camp I liked a lot. Um, because the internet's pretty dope. So, get it together, man. But I, I think he'll find success somewhere else. He's selling a lot of records. I think combined with camp and because of the internet, he's like over 500,000. So, excuse me, I could definitely find, uh, a major label picking him up, so good luck with that. As uh, far as what I'm listening to, I'm still on that YG album, My Crazy Life. I'm not calling it a classic, because I think that word gets thrown around way too easily these days. Like, how can it be a classic? It hasn't even been on a week. But I'm definitely feeling that. I love the beats on there. I like the story. I'm really feeling that a lot. Still checking out Sam Smith's music. And I missed him at, he had the show at the Belasco last night. But I went to a movie screening... Which is pretty cool, so hopefully I'll check out Sam Smith next time he's around. Hopefully he's not touring in Europe or something for too long. 
And I guess we're going to get into the interview with my mentor and friend, Jason Upright. I think Jason provided a lot of good insight into, you know, the benefits of home recording and studio recording. So hopefully you'll learn something. But first, I'm going to play a track off of Ugly Frank's new EP, Bobby Hill, called 90. Ugly Frank is a member of this group called I'll Fight You that I discovered last year that I like a lot. Hopefully uh, they make a lot more progress this year than they did last year. Check out the song called 90. Look, living splendid on the block, I'm in the Bentley, bending knuckles, bumping flock of belly to the perfect blend, I'm working thin away, play the hand of dealt, I got no hand in no banana on the chopper, hammer melt your boy, I vanish on the interstate, uppercut environment, the Nina close, you suck the man in buttons, Whitney color coordinated, selling Seneca, blister face, the rolling yard, control the ball of blockers, blue Versace frame and purple rain, I'm dancing on them dinner plates, double cup the foam and twist the drum, count the buckets, got the heater right beneath me, load the piece of Blow the function. I need a couple fiends that can increase my total budget. If it's beef, then it's whatever. Bitches beef, you know I love it. Look, reconnect the dots and smith the photo. I'm chilling solo on a yacht. I'm floating mucho elegance flipping photos. I told you, phony niggas, that I wrote the book. I'm blowing up a spot. I had her really stretching out and keep it going. I told you, pussy niggas, don't be jugging on my corner. I told you, bitch, don't never sell your pussy on my corner. I don't believe you both is out here pushing at my spot. It's the audacity of niggas, boy. You don't. Now I don't it. Look, not collected, something stitching symbols in my skin and my attention. Keep the baddest bitches bending in my teams. It's cool weather. Little breeze up on my back. Temporary zoning, butterscotch, the coochie turtleneck. I left the leather open. Right around Pirelli smoking. Right around the set like it's the 90s. You find me somewhere with an open container. I'm fainting, I'm focused, I'm hopeless, I'm open to danger. My brain is corroded, my soul is entrapped in a chamber. I came to a loaf with your bitch. Get the dome at the Motel 6. Roping their hips and skied all over a lips. I'm leaning in El Camino's. I'm weeded off of a zip. I'm speeding, I know I'm speeding illegal off of the shit I said. Okay, that was 90 by Ugly Frank off of his Bobby Hill EP. You can check that out online. And here's my interview with Jason Upright. I'm back with my friend and mentor, Jason Upright. It was only right that he was the first person I interviewed because pretty much gave me my start in the game at Abacus Recordings slash Century Media. So, Jason, tell us a little bit about how you got into the music industry. Oh, boy. Well, I was a musician playing in L.A., kind of gave up on that dream of uh, being a rock star, but couldn't escape music. It was in me. I still needed to be around it. And... um so I, I thought I would try working on the other side of the fence and working for f- in the industry. Uh, and I made a list of record companies that were my favorite labels and literally cold called them and tried to figure out how I could work there and uh, ended up getting a job at my number one choice. And what was that? That was a punk indie label, hardcore label in Huntington Beach, California called Revelation Records. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's where Joey distributes through, right? Yep. Oh, cool. Okay. And how'd you end up at Century Media or Abacus, whatever you want to call it? Yeah, uh, I had gone from uh, after years at Revelation. I went to I had to see what the majors were like, so I went to Capital EMI, <laughs> worked there for a few years. Decided that the corporate world was not for me. And uh, Robert, 
the owner of Century Media had, was starting up Abacus Recordings. He had been trying to get me to work for him for a while at Century Media, and he finally convinced me to come work for Abacus, which is where I met you. The reason I have Jason on today, other than being the first guy giving my start, is because the topic today is recording, home recording, studio recording, recording in general, because that's kind of the first step in music. You know, if you even want to think about walking up on a and guy or Jay-Z at a party and give them your mixtape, you have to have something recorded. And believe it or not, I still run into guys, you know, at parties and like, oh, yeah, I'm a rapper. You work at this label? And like, yeah, you got something on SoundCloud I can hear? I don't have anything recorded. It's like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to hear? You know, like, <laughs> you, you know, it. it's, it's crazy. Like, how can I even hear music is sound? How can I hear you if you don't have any sound recorded? So that's why we're here today. And Jason's currently studio manager of Firehouse Studios in uh, Old Town, Pasadena. So tell us a little bit about what you do here. So here, I am basically responsible for all of the day-to-day operations at Firehouse. Um, I manage the staff, the schedule, the building, um, anything and everything except turning the knobs. The the engineers do the technical stuff, but I'm responsible for everything else. Marketing, promotion, um, social media, I have to do it all. Oh, wow. Okay. And okay. we're one of the biggest commercial studios in the country. And you guys are partnered with what What studio are you partnered with? We're a part of DMI Music, which is a music branding agency. The owner of, uh, of, of DMI Music is a producer-songwriter named Tina Clark, and uh, she built the studio. Okay. Yep. Okay, and what do you think? A lot of people are doing home recordings these days. That's the reason yeah. the music industry is flooded with so much bullshit. Because in the old days, you had to save up like a couple hundred dollars, get book studio time, or you know, if someone had a uh, demo CD. It was a big deal. These days, you can record shit on your phone. Like there's four track recordings. Like, I have GarageBand on my phone. I can make a mixtape right now if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think about the evolution of home recording? I think it's amazing. It's awesome. It's given. Uh... You know, it's given musicians a lot of power and control for their for their art, and that's that's awesome. It part of it is hurting the studio business, obviously, but you know, I think the studios like us just have just had to become more resourceful and figure out other ways how to create revenue. Um, there's still a number of things that you can't record at home, and for those reasons, people still come to a studio. There's still bands that just don't want to record at home, and those bands still come to a studio. Um, and then, uh, you know, sometimes there's, there's months here where we make more money renting the place out to, for people to film a television show or a movie than we do tracking music. So, ah, very true. Very true. Other revenue, other streams, uh, revenue streams are what, you know, studios just have to kind of do now to, to keep up with it. But home recordings come a long (laughs) way and yeah, you can do the fact that you can do any of those things on your phone, on your laptop. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I definitely think there's still a place for professional studios because some forms of music work better. I think with home recordings, like you know, punk and rock, a lot of rock music, and even some rap these days. Like I think a big part of Odd Future's appeal was that they were just you know five kids in someone's room, their DJ's room, recording music. And if they if they were you know booking studio time, it might not have sounded as good. The advantage, I mean, one of the biggest advantages of home recording for artists now, I feel like, is the ability to be creative and experiment. And at no risk, you're not paying for studio time, you're not paying for tape, you're not paying for an engineer. And uh, for those reasons, I think you can come up with some really great demos. Depending on the style of music, you're probably not going to be able to put out a finished product at yeah. home unless you're just making solely electronic you know, music. But even here at a commercial studio, you know, 
every serious hip hop artist comes in to do their vocals mm -hmm. you know you can tell the ones that are doing them at home in a closet with yeah. a with a mic that they bought at radio shack um you know they may make those beats all on their laptop at home for sure but eventually even those guys come in here to get on a good mic and a good acoustically treated room have a real engineer who knows what he's doing know how to create some good vocal tracks and mix it yeah, especially if there's something they plan on selling. Like, if you're giving it away, that's one thing. But if you want to sell it, yep. I'm probably not going to pay for something you, you sold in your uh, – you made in your room. Like, I think Drake's uh, So Far Gone. He made it in a hotel room. Sounded great. But if he sold it, I don't I don't know. Hmm. Did you hear that? I haven't. Be, oh, okay. No, you need no. to do that. <laughs> um, and also, I think for, like, pop music also, like – Pop music, you can't really record at home. That doesn't work as well. Yeah. You have, I know you guys had like a lot of Glee cast members in here. Mm -hmm. You guys still do that sometimes? Yep, sure, absolutely. Yeah, a lot of that stuff and cool, a lot of cool. pop. Okay, so who are you listening to these days? Uh, I'm always listening to old stuff. I mean, you want to know new stuff I'm listening to, right? Either or. Um, you know. there, I, oh, you'll appreciate this. I recently discovered, I, I'm way behind on this, but City and Color. Oh, yeah. I watched them at Coachella a little bit. They come, I can't believe they came that far. Like, Oh, my God. So I, I'm watching this guy, and I'm like, how did I miss this? Who is this guy? And I look it up, and it's the singer from uh, Alexis on Fire. Was he the singer? I thought he was just the guitar player. He oh, was the sorry, sorry. Was he? I think he might have been. I saw it on Wikipedia. Oh, they traded vocals. Oh, okay, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yes, he was a guitar player who yeah. also sang. And just, you know, doing this incredible folk acoustic. Yeah. Awesome. I love it, love it. Can't get I only know about one song. <laughs> it was a, like a big single when they first started. I just think the name is... One of the most clever names because his name is Dallas Green. Yes. That, yes. That's an amazing name. Uh, let's see. Have you heard Beck, of that guy? Whoa, whoa. You want to hear what I'm listening to? Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Beck, the new Beck album, Morning Phase. Uh, I, I'm addicted to it. And I'm not even a huge Beck fan, mm -hmm. but I can't get enough of that. Yeah, I watched a little bit of him at Coachella also. Um, who else? Black Joe Lewis. I love everything this guy's put out. Black Joe Lewis and the Honey Bears. He's like the modern day James Brown. Um, Cool's kind of southern rock band Sounds kind of like Black Crow's Skinner Called okay. Blackberry Smoke hmm. Dig Blackberry Smoke And then You probably want to Oh, I love that Bruno Mars record and I don't, I even, don't know about that I don't even like much I'll pop I'll pretend that didn't happen uh, Kill Switch Engage on the metal tip okay, For okay. sure I don't like that they got rid of the black guy But that's okay <laughs> Well, how about this? How oh, about, shit How about a band that did get a black guy Alice in Chains Their new record's fantastic They have a black guy? Yeah Anymore. Oh, dude, you gotta check him out. Now, speaking of black metal, I found this band at Coachella called Un um, what's it, Unlocking the Truth. Have you heard, heard of them? No. It's like five black kids, brutal oh, ass metal. Yes, yes. Oh yes. my god, I, I did hear them. If they, had, if they had a show in LA, I will do whatever I do to get there. Man. And they're young, right? Yeah, they're like twelve. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I gotta check uh, them. Uh, local uh, sort of Pasadena, California band here called the New Hotness. Mm -hmm. I dig. They have a new album. Really cool classic rock sounding stuff. And then on the hip hop kind of side, um, I'm into these. There's a couple of really great female rappers that are like just brutal, kind of gnarly, dark sounding stuff. One is this girl, Angel Hayes. Yeah, I've heard of her. She's not universal. Dig her. And um, uh, who's the other one? Uh, Angel Hayes and. Macklemore. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of the other one. Uh, but anyway, I dig her. Yeah. Cool. Do you have any uh, Twitter profiles you want to shout out or anything like that? Instagram? At uh, Firehouse Studios um, on Twitter. Nothing on Instagram. If anyone's still on Facebook, Firehouse Studios. Um, 
Firehouse Recording Studios. Okay. Uh, what else? That's it. All right. Any closing tips for people who are looking to start recording, improve their recordings, or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, keep hon- keep honing your craft at home. Use GarageBand, and you know, if you got Logic, if you got Pro Tools, whatever it is you're working on, writing in, you know, work on it at home, <coughs> and then come to a studio because you cannot substitute. Again, if you're making beats in the box, then yeah, you don't need to come to a studio. But for anything else, you know, there's no substituting. You're not going to get a mic like the ones here. You know, we have mics that cost, you know, we have one mic that we use for vocals that cost $10,000. You know, you're talking about a room that's been acoustically treated, you know, to make you sound better than Mm -hmm. you actually sound. You've got engineers that have been worked on gold and platinum records and know how to use the equipment to make you sound better. Um, And there's all those little tricks of the trade that the engineers know. And, uh, you know, whether it's drums, guitars, bass, vocals, horns, strings, or make your record or your project or your demo as good as you can at home and then come to a studio and do a proper mix or... um, you know, come in and add some some live horns, <coughs> some percussion, some strings, stuff you can't really record in your home and really make it sound awesome, make it sound huge, make it sound epic. Don't just settle, you know, for a bunch of synth. The Everyone's got those same synth programs you have on your laptop. You got it. You got to do something on top of that to make it special. All right, Jason. Thank you for joining me. This is my first interview, so bear with me. Uh, that's about it. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the podcast. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Music Mongrel, on Instagram at Music Mongrel Picks, and my YouTube channel, YouTube slash Music Mongrel ENT. Gonna start doing a lot more video updates and things like that, sharing some stories with pictures. So please follow for the updates. Thanks for listening.